I was dabbling with like steel and metalwork. For some reason, someone asked me if I could sharpen their kitchen knives for them. And having no experience prior, I just said yes. We spend a lot of time on this podcast celebrating chefs, their skills, their creations, their careers, but we don't really talk much about the tools that they need by their side to forge a path. And if you think about chefs and tools, the first thing that comes to my mind is a knife. Today, we are going to be talking to Lee Schenken. Lee goes by Sharpened by Lee, and he is all about the tools of the trade, the chef's knife. Lee, welcome to the podcast, and tell me a little bit about the work that you do. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danny. Um, I am a knife sharpener, um, but maybe not as most people know it. So I do all of my work, it's all by hand. So on Japanese whetstone and um, yeah, for uh, knives, I also do tools and things like that, but yeah. And I mean, what are the basics of knife sharpening? What is a whetstone? What is, what is sharpening a knife all about? Uh, the basics of knife sharpening is making a very, very fine triangle on a very small piece of metal. Um, yeah, so when, when your knife goes blunt, uh, you have it's obviously not a, a point. It's, it's either rounded off or squared or may have chips in it or whatever. Um, sharpening is all about correcting that and restoring it to, to a fine point. And why is it important to have a sharp knife? Uh, sharper knives are much safer. Uh, it may be counterintuitive. Uh, but a sharp knife is more predictable. It's going to cut where you want it to cut and not slip off the side of, let's say, tomatoes, for example. And, you know, you, you can be prone to injury with a blunter knife. Having just had my knives sharpened by you, <laughs> I, I literally had the tomato experience. So I've had one knife that I just would never attempt to cut a tomato with and then after it being sharpened, uh, yep, there we go. Just slice straight through some tomatoes. I I give my customers warnings, especially when the when the knives come in quite blunt, because um, it's such a difference, and most people aren't used to what a sharp implement actually feels like. So I'm glad you like them. <laughs> Happy to help. Yeah, thank you. So you sharpen knives for chefs and for the general public, like. How would you say chefs and differ from the public if indeed they do? Do you think they know more about knives? Do they look after their knives? Like what sort of things have you noticed? They know how to use their knives. Like that's the extension of their body. You know, that's their craft. They know how to use them very well. And usually they have higher quality knives. Um, but then some Chefs just don't take care of them too. It's it's a it's a wide um, wide variety. However, most most of my sharpening work is from domestic clients. I would say around ninety five percent. And what do you think the um, general public <laughs> knows about knives or doesn't know? Like, what kinds of things do you see? Um, 
the amount of people surprised that you're not meant to put knives in the dishwasher, for example. Um, there's there's a bunch of recurring themes. Uh, the oh pull through sharpeners, the the little sharpeners that you get with some knife sets. Those things do a lot of damage. Um, yeah, a, a whole a whole range of small things that keep keep repeating themselves. What about those um, uh, steels that you get in, sometimes in a knife block? Uh, how do they go? Is it worth using those? Uh, those tend to work on softer European steels and German steels uh, around the kind of. 58, there's a hardness scale, it's a bit complicated, but uh, 58 hardness or so. And basically what it's doing is it's, it takes care of what's called a rooster tail or uh, it can remove burrs sometimes. It's basically bending the knife back into shape on the very, very fine edge. It doesn't actually sharpen. So if your knife is blunt then they're not going to work. You, you seem to be drawing a distinction between European knives and other knives, like, like perhaps Japanese knives. I mean, do you notice differences in knives from different countries? The, the two main categories are U European and Japanese. Uh, the Japanese tend to be much harder, so they're going to hold an edge longer and they're, gonna, they're going to – they can be thinner behind the edge, so they're very good at slicing. But because of the higher carbon content, then they, they're prone to rust and chipping and you need to be more careful with them. And you certainly can't put them in the dishwasher. What happens when you put a knife in the dishwasher? Long story short, everything, everything expands at different rates and any kind of – anything that's left on the knife is more prone to causing – very small rust spots so it's all it's all just not great for for metal and and wood and yeah and lee um what brought you to this work i i'm it happened quite organically um i was renting a studio in st kilda uh during in 2020 uh and then obviously COVID hit and flipped the whole world on its head uh, and lost my job as a, as a traffic controller. And I was dabbling with like steel and metalwork and welding and everything in the studio that I was renting. And for some reason, someone asked me if I could sharpen their kitchen knives for them. And having no experience prior, I just said yes and tried to figure it out for myself on, on Japanese whetstones. So, yeah, that's, that's how it started. And I mean, what is a Japanese whetstone? A Japanese whetstone is pretty much uh, – it's they're usually made out of clay, some sort of clay uh, with a bonding agent, and they pretty much mush it all together and then – put it in a kiln and make a brick from it. And these bricks per se have a very even uh, grain structure. It's like a very even kind of sandpaper kind of thing. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. And they range, it, it, there's all sorts of different grains. 
and they each do different things at the at each stage of the sharpening process. So you got your like low you got low grit ones for removing chips and reshaping and things like that, and then you've got your higher grit ones which are polishing and fine edge work and things like that. So. Ah, I see. So do you have a whole range of whetstones and the knives sort of graduate from one to the next? I have maybe about 20 whetstones, of which most of the time I only use about four or five. I mean, was it hard to to get good at it? It's, yeah, it's not hard to do. The basics of it, it's, it's pretty much like find your angle, hold the angle and then go until you get a burr and then go to the next stone. But it's, there's all these little tiny things that, yeah, like holding, holding an angle and, and, uh, you know, rubbing on a stone uh, is, it's quite hard to hold an angle within, you know, three degrees or so. Um, yeah. It's, I, I do encourage everyone to try, though. I mean, what was the hardest thing to get right about it? Um, it's it's all it's it's all practice. Like it's pretty it's pretty obvious when you, you, you're doing something wrong because you don't end up with a sharp knife. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty it's pretty the core of it is pretty easy though. So it's it's very fulfilling to gradually see your, your work getting better and better but like you started off with a sharp knife and now you, you're still sharpening knives it's 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 quite subtle to to describe mm. and what were the biggest challenges in the early days well number one would be COVID uh, that was real uh, real hit for the for the business that wasn't even that didn't even start yet. Um, trying to start a business during a pandemic is obviously probably not the greatest idea, but I didn't really have any other option. How did you start building up a clientele? We did, we started, we really started off at markets. So we started at uh, Elwood Community Market and Carmen, my business partner and partner, um, said oh, wh- wh- why don't you just take your your bench and your stones and do the sharpening there and then for people and else I was quite nervous about it but it um it worked out quite well well how long does it take you to sharpen a knife um I've had knives that have uh, I've had pairing knives that have taken me 20 minutes or so and I've had large kitchen knives that take about five minutes. So it really depends on the type of steel that's used to make the knife and and how it's, you know, any any damage that may occur, like getting rid of chips, for instance, or dents takes a, takes a significant amount of time. So it's all over the place. Um, is it dangerous to work with knives? It, there's, there's an inherent... <laughs> There's an inherent danger, but the the respect gets built up at the same time. So, I it's not like I 
cut myself. But like I, I, I've, I've probably, I figure I've probably sharpened about five thousand knives, and I don't really cut myself. So it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a inherently dangerous thing. And do you have a favorite knife? Um, I have a cheap uh, a Victorinox knife that I really like. Um, it's just it fits it fits nicely in the hand. It's comfortable, which is an often often an overlooked thing when purchasing an, a new knife. Um, but I've put my own edge on it, so it's it's quite a bit sharper than anything else. <laughs> you sort of upgraded it. And <laughs> what do you use it for? What do you love to cut? Oh, it's it's a chef's knife. It's a it's a workhorse. It does everything. But um, what uh, what do I like to cut with it? Uh, uh, spring onion and onion are pretty satisfying with that. And fish. And why do you love cutting them? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, those those are just where I get the satisfaction from. Like, for instance, with fish, if you're doing sashimi, um, it really makes a difference to the the flavour and texture of the fish if it's not cut right. If you have a blunt knife and try to cut fish, you end up with a, yeah, it's it actually tastes better. Mm. Well, I think... Um yeah, I mean, when sushi chefs are all about their knives, aren't they, and have different knives for cutting different fish and different thicknesses, and it really is so beautiful to watch them when they're working at a high level. And, yeah, I can imagine it must be so satisfying to have that skill and facility with a knife yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I have that skill. I definitely don't have that skill. Well, even to just get a sense of it, I think that must be so satisfying. Yeah. Yes. Um, Lee, is there something in your character or personality that makes this a good fit for you? Uh, I believe so. Um, I'm a pretty calm guy and, uh, you know, sharpening knives by hand is quite therapeutic in a way. It's it's slow and, you know, you've got to constantly think about what you're doing and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, fine, it's a fine art, I mean. So, yeah, it's, it, it works for me. Mm. I mean, do you think it's an underappreciated art? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's one of the most uh, overlooked, underappreciated things in, in Australia. Like, like the, you have all these, all these people getting a quick dollar and everything by literally destroying knives while they're trying to, while they say they're sharpening them. Um, yeah. It's, so it's really satisfying to, to be the, the, you know, I don't know, the silver lining in a bad, uh, industry, I guess. Hmm. That's yeah. That's really interesting. What's the silliest thing that someone's brought you to sharpen? Um, uh, oh, I've had I've had requests for katanas, uh, so Japanese samurai swords. Um, to which I say, why do you need that sharp? Like, why do you need that sharpened? <laughs> um, I've Good question. Had, 
We do restorations too. So we've done a we've done a World War One rapier sword. Uh, that wasn't sharpened. We just we just uh, cleaned it up and restored it and everything. Uh, oh oh, actually, a couple of days ago, I got a, a I got a request to do a food processor blade, which unfortunately I couldn't do. But um, the lady that wanted it done was uh, it was it was pretty badly mangled up and everything. But apparently, the the company that makes them don't sell replacements for them which is i find bizarre so you do get some odd stuff yeah interesting i mean uh, apart from the samurai sword are there knives that you just refuse to sharpen uh if i have any question of what that knife is meant is going to be used for i'm happy to refuse jobs so like when people are a bit like oh you know, oh, I need it for self-defense or whatever. It's like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, and, oh, and also, uh, knives that I can't guarantee the edge of. So the knives that the steel is so bad or so badly heat treated or whatever, I, I'm just not going to take on that job. So, yeah. Mm. And if someone was looking to, you know, get some knives, perhaps they're moving out of home or they, they realise their knives are all wrecked. What, well, how would you guide them? Um, I'm a firm believer that everyone should have a Victorinox chef's knife. They're relatively, they're pretty cheap. I think they're around $90 at the moment. They've gone up a bit. Um, most chefs, their first knife is that. They're really they're, they're easy to take care of. They hold an edge all right. They easy to sharpen. They don't rust. You know, it's Swiss Army knife kind of 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 basic chef's knives. And what about if someone wanted a really special knife to take it to the next level? Um, that is a rabbit hole. But I would uh, VG ten is a is a safe option. Any most reputable companies that use VG10 steel. Uh, that's a good kind of safe bet. Is that a type of steel? Yeah, it's only it's only a core steel though. So it's only used in the center. Um, and then it's and then they do that Japanese layering thing of the, you know, to, on the outsides of the knife to make it sturdier. There's, and then and then going up a bit more, you've got uh, Macusta knives, which are they use also some different steels. They're very nice and thin behind the edge. They don't they don't uh, they don't bend like some some cheaper ish knives. They tend to they tend to bend occasionally. Yeah. Wow, I'm sure. Yeah, knife enthusiasts could probably talk for days about this. Hey. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Lee, what do you love about what you do? Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot. The sense of you, you out there doing doing the right thing. You're uh, you're 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 directly part of uh, communities and everyone that's within them. Um, I don't know. There's a lot. Um. So, Lee, if I was going to have a go at sharpening my own knife, how would I get started? 
uh, you can get combination whetstones. So there'll be one grit on one side and another grit on the, on the other. Um, commonly like 400 and 1,000 or something like that. The only, the, honestly, the only way to, to learn is to just do it. Um, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> watch, watch some YouTube videos or something from reputable people on whetstone knife sharpening or, yeah, it's, it's not hard. I, I would, I would definitely encourage everyone to give it a go themselves. Uh, you're not going to do, you're not really going to do serious damage if you, if you stuff it up also. You're not going to damage your knives past the point of being salvageable. Oh, well, that's pretty comforting. And I guess when I've had my go on my on my whetstone and realised that my knife's no sharper than it was at the beginning, I'll just get in touch with Sharpened by Lee and get the situation sorted. Yeah, I'm happy to help. <laughs> Lee, um, thank you so much for talking us through your work today. I think it's, yeah, so important to shine a light on the the crafts and the artisans that support um, all of us in our kitchens, whether we're domestic cooks or professionals. So thank you so much for the work that you do and for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.